Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right. What a beautiful day, huh? Have you enjoyed this weather so far this past week? Well, good. Before we jump into the Word, I'll go ahead and turn over to John chapter 15 this morning as we continue our second week in our series called The Builder. <clears throat> but uh, I want to let you know what's come back to the bookstore because we've sold out on these books and we, ha- we do have a limited supply. And this uh, one book here by Pastor Joseph Prince, I highly recommend this book. I've read it and uh, many people who I've talked to have read this book have got a new understanding of the grace of God. This man explains it so well in this book and I want to, uh, I recommend you to read this if you haven't read it called Destined to Reign. This book is uh Nineteen ninety nine, and then also just came out. Destined to Rain devotional, three hundred sixty five days a year, something for every day from this from the thought of this book, and uh, I recommend this book as well. Now this this book today because it's a new book, it's twenty percent off. It's regular night. I'm a ten percent off. It's regular nineteen ninety nine, but it's ten percent off, so you can get it somewhere around seventeen ninety nine. But if you buy both books, you get a twenty percent discount. All right, so make sure you stop by the CWC bookstore. And check out all the good stuff that we have there, good tools for your life. There's all kinds of stuff for family and for uh, men and for women. We've got a lot of things for kids and teenagers over there. So check stuff, check that out. Remember that Christmas time is coming up, and there are some really good gift ideas there for that. All right. John chapter 15. And uh, I want, I want, after we read this, I'm going to give a little recap from where we were last week. Uh, because we're building on something here. John chapter 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Everybody say much fruit. Now this, this, this word in the Greek is actually the word mega mega fruit that we're called to live fruitful successful lives we see clearly through the word of the living god that christ not only has redeemed us from a curse and brought us salvation saved us from eternal destruction but but has offered us eternal life through his blood that was shed for us and now we've been brought near to god we've been made right with god he made peace with god through the blood of his cross and brought us right into the family by our our act of faith and uh, all we had to do was believe it he did all the work and all we had to do is just say I believe that Jesus died on the cross for, for my sins he was buried and that he was he rose again from the dead the third day and by that confession the Bible says that you have salvation you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus amen and so by that account he did all of that for us and Jesus told us in John 10 10 that I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. God has not just called you to have abundant, everlasting life on the other side. Praise God, it's there. Thank God Almighty that we have this great hope in Christ. That that whenever we we this this uh, as Peter said, when when I when I put this tent down that I'm living in, I when I come out from under this tent and I go to where I really belong, and I the essence of who I am really comes out. That I'm united with God at that. Time there will be no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more tr- trouble, no more pain. No, thank God for. Aren't you glad for that? That heaven. But 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 right here on this earth, God has a plan for you. Right here, 
And it's not just to deal with whatever comes your way. Now, listen, stuff comes in our life. Jesus said, in this world, you have trouble. Yeah, I'm, I'm just glad he didn't leave it there. I'm glad he didn't just say, in this world, you have trouble. As a matter of fact, he said, sufficient for the day is enough trouble. You don't even think about the trouble tomorrow. you got enough trouble today to think about. All right, this is the Son of God coming to us, telling us this is what life is. This is what the world offers you. This is what we have in this world. Right? We have trouble. We have stuff. But he said, I tell you these things, you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you have trouble, but be of good cheer because I've already overcome the world. And see, when you're in Christ Jesus, I believe 100% wholeheartedly that you have an advantage in this world as a believer in Christ. That not only that, uh, um, are you saved and going to heaven, but you also, you also have the favor of God surrounding you as with a shield, as the Bible teaches us. And that no, you know, the Bible promises some wonderful things here. No evil, I claim these things over my life and over my family's life, over, my, over you. That no evil shall befall us and no plague shall come near our dwelling. That no weapon that's formed against us will prosper. Amen. That it gives his angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. We've also been taught in Ephesians that we've been seated in heavenly places with Christ. I'd say that's an advantage. We're seated with Christ already in heavenly places. So in one, in one point, even though you're here on earth, you're seated there in heaven, which means you have position, which means you have authority in this earth. And God's called you to reign in this life right here, right now, to invoke the will and enforce the will of God in the earth. And we know what the will of God is, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. So we're here to bring a message of hope. We're here to bring a message of healing. And not just bring the message, but to lay hands on the sick and actually see them recover. To cast out the devils for, for those that are bound up with it. And, and, and to see the kingdom of God, what God's will is, enforced through us, the body of Christ, in this earth today. Can I have a really good amen this morning? And Second Peter chapter 1 tells us, verse 3 says, As His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an all-inclusive statement. All things that pertain to life and godliness, His divine power is given to you right here, right now. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. That is, see, when you understand that in Christ, you are totally complete. In Christ, you have everything that you need. Thank you for your enthusiasm this morning. In Christ, you have everything that you need. You are totally and utterly complete in Him. In Him, we live. In Him, we move. In Him, we have our being, right? That's what the Bible teaches us. But then verse 4 says uh, that through these, is that right? What does verse 4 say, 2 Peter chapter 1? By which have been given unto us these exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So, so as, how we partake of God's, God's life in our life, how we get a hold of that right here on this earth is through these exceedingly great and precious promises that he has promised unto us. And when Jesus Christ died upon that cross, see, his will, those promises became enforced at that moment. See, the will is not enforced until the testator of that will dies. Ladies and gentlemen, the testator of the will of God has already died. Praise God. And, that, and at that moment, God's will became enforced. Right? And this is what we do right here. When we show up to church, we're here to, to, for the reading of the will to see what we have. What is our inheritance? What is in it for us today, right here, right now? Amen? 
So, so we see that it's God's will for us through, through Scripture to live a good, successful, fruitful, fruit-bearing life, mega fruit. Joshua 1.8 teaches us to, how to have good success, and that's, all, and that's all about being consumed with the Word of God. But people have ideas, like I said last week, about what success is. They measure success in either dollar amounts, if I just had this salary, Someday if I could just make this certain amount of money per year, then I'll be successful. Or, or if I can drive this type of car, then I will attain uh, success. Or if I can have this certain house in this certain neighborhood. Come on, talk to me. And be a member of this certain cl- uh, country club, right? Then, I, then I'll have a measure of success. And, and, and that's, that's fine and good, but if you get wrapped up in the stuff, you're going to find yourself poorly satisfied. You will not be satisfied by those things. Amen. Because those things come and they go. Have you been watching the stock market lately? <laughs> they come and they go. They're high and they're low. So what kind of success does a wealthy man have? I mean, if his, if his success is measured in money, what kind of success does he have if he has all the money that he wants, but he's estranged from his kids? Is he really, does he really have good success? Because I believe there is bad success. There is bad success have all the money in the world, but if you don't have a family to, to share it with, if you don't have anybody to love, hmm? amen. We know that, and we understand, we know that not all of God's children, this is sad, but not all of God's own children enjoy this uh, good success in their own lives, don't experience on a daily basis. Here's why. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 talks about those who heard the word but didn't believe it. And when the word is not mixed with faith, it says it did not profit them. It did nothing for them. And you can sit here and hear the word all day long, but if you don't believe it, that it's personal for you, that it's yours, well, it'll just go in and out of your life and never bring the change that you really need, never bring the hope that that you're looking for, never bring the answer that you need. Amen? It's up to us to reach out by faith and say, I receive that. I believe that's for me. It's not just just something that the Bible says and we're here to hear the sacred readings of the scriptures and go, oh, that's cool, but it's way over my head. No, it's for you right here in 2008. This Bible is relevant for your life right here, right now. Amen. But you got to believe it. And then we saw Matthew chapter 7 about these two, two different men. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, how that, uh, why don't we look there for just a moment? All right, turn to Matthew chapter 7. And verse 24 says, Therefore, whoever hears these things, or a better word for that is understands. If you look in the Greek, it really means understands, okay? When Jesus many times said, He who has ears to hear, that means he who has ears to understand, all right? He who understands these things of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. That is, this man's house really represents his life, all right? He built his life built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. That sounds, that tells you that, that trouble came to his house, right? And it beat on that house. Huh? Anybody ever had the life beat on before? Hmm? Yeah. Had trouble show up at your doorstep, right? Look at this. And it did not fall. Why? For it was founded on the rock. For everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his life or house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. 
But here's the thing that Jesus showed us here. Both men understand. The man who built his house on the rock and the man who built his house on the sand both understand what to do. One of them does it and one of them doesn't. Now, I don't understand why people have an understanding what they're supposed to do in life and still choose to build their house on the sand. They still choose to, to not do the things that they need to do to have a good marriage. They choose to make, continue to make the wrong decisions, continue to live in the same way, and, and, and maybe voice, yeah, I'd like to have a good marriage, but don't do anything. They have an understanding of what to do. You know, go to marriage counseling, go to marriage seminars, read books, do something to better it, but, but, but choose not to do whatever it takes to continue to build on the rock, build on the sand. Hmm? Want to have good kids? but refuse to bend that kid over that bed and, and, and wear out that tail end. Refuse to, refuse to discipline that child in order to have the good children. Right? Building the house on the sand. Right? Businessman won't do his paperwork right. <laughs> building, building his business on the sand. I mean, it's just continually over and over and over. And, and, I mean, the only conclusion I can come to is that we know what to do and don't do it is simply because it's truly not easy to build. It's just not easy. It's not easy to build the right way. Right? You can't cut corners when you're building the right way. You've got to watch your P's and Q's. You've got to dot your I's. You've got to cross your T's. You've got to make sure that things are in order. Keep your life in order and doing what you're supposed to do all the time. No matter what, what kind of circumstances come your way, you just keep doing the right thing. You keep building. Amen? Because the truth is, if you don't continue to build, you'll eventually fail. But listen, we have to build. Well, all of us are builders. You're building something whether you like it or not. So it's important that you build the right way, and we're going to get into that in just a moment. And see, we see our greatest example, the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 16. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. You know that, two, that right now in 2008, right here sitting in this room, Christ Jesus is still building his church. He's still building all over the world. And, and in, in sanctuaries all over the place right now where people are gathered, he is building his church. He's consumed with being a builder. He's all about being a builder. Jesus even took the time as he's breathing his last breath on that cross, as we talked about last week, and this thief looks over at him and says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He took the time through all the pain and the agony and the bearing the weight of the world, the sin of the world, took time to build the kingdom with one more person. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. And Jesus showed up with a thief by his side. Wow, can you imagine the look on that? The men of old spaces, when Jesus showed them, they said, who is this guy? Building the kingdom one more. Amen? Today, I'm going to give you some characteristics of a builder. So if you're taking notes, I want to just have you jot these things down. And like I said earlier, it's not easy to build a great marriage. Building is, 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 is not something you do and then you quit building. It's a continual thing. It's not easy to raise those good kids. It's not easy to, to build a great church. It's not easy to build a great company, whatever it might be that you're building. It's not easy to build great health. These all, things, all these things have to be built the right way. And last week we talked about what building comes from. It also, it, building comes from this and it also generates these three things that we talked about last week. Number one was vision. Number two was enthusiasm or, or excitement. Number three was enthusiasm. Okay, a builder's he's got he's got vision. He he sees ahead and he sees what he wants to do, and he's always thinking about the future, right? He's always thinking about expansion. He's always thinking about increase. 
multiplication. Those are all the things that are in his vocabulary and his thoughts. Bigger and better. Amen? That's what I believe for this church. That's what we pray over this church. That's what I see for, the, for Cornerstone Worship Center. That place out there that we're, we're eventually building, building on that beautiful 12 acres, when I used to jog by there, lived over in that neighborhood, man, I would just prophesy over that property. I mean, I could see it. I saw men and women being launched out of ministry right out of that, right out of that, that place right there. I saw, I saw people being healed. I saw miracles, people getting saved, and I, I continue to see it, continue to see it. But, but, but right now, it's all in the Spirit. Right now, it's all out there in faith. Amen? It's, but it's coming. I said it's coming because we're building. Amen. So reasons to be a builder, all right? Let's look at this. Some characteristics. You allow yourself to be a builder, number one, because you believe that you can create something better than what you have at this moment. You allow yourself to be a builder because you believe that you can create something better than what you have at this moment. A few years ago, I was on staff at a church in San Angelo, and um, we had this couple in our church, the sweetest people in the world, and they, were, they had run into some very difficult times financially and had to um, actually get on welfare and, and just get some help. I think he had gotten injured or something. I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was just a bad time in their life. And they and they were they believed in tithing, believed in giving offerings, but they just didn't have. I mean, they had no money coming in. So one day we're up at the office, and they both walked in with bags of groceries in their hands. And uh, we said, "What's going on?" They said, "Well, this is what we have to tithe. We don't have any other way. But whatever groceries we got today, we figured up what ten percent was." And so we want to donate to this church and give them to the food shelter. And we were like, golly. And that night, our, my, my pastor back then was so inspired by it. He put them all out on the, on the stage. And he, and he didn't name any names that night, but he just talked about how, how people that are committed to tithe will do whatever they have to. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. They didn't stay that way. They kept building even when they were in the worst place in their life. Listen to me. This is how that you can still be your best when you're at your worst. Amen? You can still be your best when you're at your worst because you're a builder. Because you don't think about stopping. You don't think about quitting. Amen? Well, you might think about those things, but you just don't do it. Amen? It's one thing to think about. It's a whole other thing to do it. Right? You just keep moving. And so they, 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 they just kept doing it. They kept bringing in groceries. And here in a little bit, we saw cash start coming in. And, and do you know that just in a few months' time, they became one of the biggest givers in that church? Because they kept building. And I want to encourage you to keep building. Even when you're at your worst, keep building. All right? Because the builder will win. The builder will keep building and keep doing it right. And I'm going to tell you something. God will honor you in that because he honors his word. Number two, you allow yourself to be a builder. Another characteristic of a builder is that you are inspired by a cause. See, a cause is more than just a feeling. A cause is something bigger than yourself. Why are we building this, this great church? I ask myself that. Why, are we, why is it that we want this church to be large? Why is it that we want to be so influential in this community? Why do we want to touch so many? Because we're inspired by the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I want to make sure that I'm doing all I can to make sure that Jesus gets his reward for what he did. 
and his reward is people. God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. And Jesus so loved us that he went to that cross and shed his blood. And so it's only right that we as his people do all we can to honor that reward by bringing as many people into the kingdom as we can. Amen? To fill up our Father's heart. To expand the family of God. And what, with whatever, whatever that takes. I want this church to be a place of refuge for those that are, that are out there that are, that are worried and that are, that are afraid. To be a place of refuge. To be a place of hope. This place is, uh, I want to see Cornerstone Worship Center be a place of healing. Amen? To be a place of miracles. To be a place of change. To be a place of repentance. To be a place of salvation. Amen? To be a place of blessing. Be a place where relationships are built, where people can come and experience the powerful presence of Almighty God. A place where the Holy Spirit flows freely. A place where people are, are just, just by coming in, they experience the wind of the, of the Spirit of God upon their life to break off the junk, to break off the addictions and to see the, the captives set free. A place to help people build a better life interesting that Philip Cook was up here this morning because I had him as an illustration this morning thinking about anytime I get around Philip he's always talking about I mean he always makes me think big that's what I love about him he's always been like that ever since I've known him he's always dreamed of being bigger and better and a, a better place than where he is right now and I, I believe he's in a very good good place but I've seen his life gradually become more successful now listen this guy's had a lot more money than he's than he even has right now He's had in the past a lot more money. He's had right now. But, but, but he wasn't at that time building his life in the right way. But Philip began, when he got a hold of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and gave his life to Christ on August the 14th, 2005. Man, that's been three years ago. Believe that? Came up and confessed Jesus as Lord of his life and we water baptized him that afternoon in his uh, pool his neighborhood pool, and then just a few minutes later, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I mean, it just all bam, bam, one afternoon, and his life began to change. And see, when Philip began to, when he had Christ, then he began really building his life the right way. And, and, and he still kept that big vision, but now he's got Jesus with him, right? And now he can't fail. Now he can't fail. And, and, and went to school and did his chiropractic school, I mean, mercilessly, <laughs> Set through class after class and hour after hour. But here he is today building his practice because Philip has a vision to help people. He has a, he has a vision to, to, to help people. Uh, see, he, he believes in, in, in getting your body uh, lined up because it'll, it'll fix itself if it's in, in, in the proper alignment. It'll fix itself. It'll heal itself. And so, uh, but, but he has a vision for that. But, but we've sat and talked and, and he's talked about traveling over to the world, and, and we've even talked about traveling together, and I preach the gospel, and he pops their, ba their backs and necks. Amen. And I believe we're going to do that. I believe we're going to do that. Because every time I get around, I get inspired to think bigger and better. Think, he's, always, he's, not, he's never just thinking this one place. He's always either thinking, you know, take over, this, take over McKinney with my practices, and eventually over the Metroplex, and eventually over the world. I love that. I love that. And, and, and God has put that on the inside of him. To do that. And listen to me. Maybe, you, maybe you're in, there, in an area of your life where you're not building your life correctly right now. That guy right there is a testimony of that God's God of second chance. Hey, he's got a, a lot of chances, actually. Amen? Over and over and over again. 
And over again, and over again, he's faithful and he's gracious to us. Let's look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'm almost done. Well, I, whether I want to be or not, I'm almost done. First Corinthians chapter three. Let's go to let's go right down to verse ten for just a moment. Number three, you're a builder because you believe that you can make others others' lives better. Also, you believe that you can make others' lives better. Also, we're going to see that right here in First Corinthians chapter three, verse ten. I want you to notice that this is the Apostle Paul, and he says, "According to the grace of God, which was given to me." Oh, this is so good. Now, I love that Paul did not say according to the office that I've been appointed to. Paul did not say according to the calling upon my life. Paul did not say according to the credentials that I have in the kingdom of God. He said according to what? The grace of God which was given to me. Ladies and gentlemen, the grace of God not only came to Paul the apostle, but that very same grace has come to you today. And it's according to that grace that really we all have the ability to be what he just says right here in the next thing. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master, what? Everybody say it loud. Builder. As a wise master builder. According to what? The grace of Almighty God. The undeserved, the unmerited, the unearned favor of God is on your life today to be a builder. Bless you. A wise master builder. Look at this. He says, lay the foundation. Verse 10, I have laid the foundation. We understand that it's very important to have a strong foundation in our marriages today, don't we? Hmm? We understand it. We understand it's very important to have a strong foundation of love and nurturing for our children, to have good children, Right? All the, it's important to have a foundation in everything that we do. But look at this. He continues to say, I laid the foundation, and another does what? Builds on it. Guess who that is today? That's you. That's me. Another builds on it. Builders understand that what they do, someone else will come along and add to it and make it even better. That's what I'm believing. I'm believing... For to, to, to pour my whole heart into this ministry, into this church, Cornerstone Worship Center, and understand that someday down the road, years down the road, hopefully a long, long, long time down the road, someone else, though, is going to take the reins, come along and build on top of that and make it bigger and even better. Amen? And that's how all of us as, as believers ought to understand that the next generation, the people coming up after us, we want them to do it bigger and better. Amen. We're just we're, we're we're laying the foundation and we're pushing them. That's one thing I love about Pastor John's idea of of leadership. A lot of leadership uh, books out there. I mean, they're all over the place talking about what kind of covering do you have? What kind of covering do you, who who's over you? And Pastor John said, "I'm not called to be a cover. I'm a leader. I'm called to be the floor to push them up." Amen. We're on the foundation of these apostles. We're on top of them, and we're building from there. Our, our job is to put our, get our stone in place in this building and then keep pushing up. But let, look, look, look at this. Keep, keep going on. I have laid the foundation, another builds on it, but let each one take heed what? How he builds it. Or how he builds on it, that is. It's important. 
like I said, there's a right way to build and there's a wrong way to build. You can build wrong things into your marriage. You can build wrong things into your work ethic. You can build the wrong things into your children. You really can't. And that's why we see generation after generation repeating the very same things. People group after people group repeating the very same things because mamas and daddies, that's all they knew, so that's what they ingrained into their children. Their children, that's all they knew up growing up, so they ingrained that into their children. Right? And it's the same thing over and over. So you gotta you have to be cautious, you have to take heed how you build on it. And number four, builders understand that they have got to plant and water. I want you to look at verse 4. We're going to back up to verse 4. For when one says, for when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one? Look at here, verse 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labors. Right? We are all God's fellow workers. We are all God's fellow laborers. But ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to be a builder, and some people don't like to hear this, you're going to have to plant and you're going to have to water. You're going to have to plant and you're going to have to water. So God can give the increase. You're going to have to plant and you're going to have to water. A lot of people don't want that. They just want the increase. They just want the harvest. Well, Pastor Eric, can you just lay hands on my husband and cast the spirit of stupid out of him? Well, I wish I could, but not that easy. Right? You got to plant and you got to water. Speaking of that, that church I was talking about earlier, the pastor there, he was wanting to get back into, into the gym. I love thinking about going to the gym. That's all I've resorted to lately. I used to go. Now I just think about it. And I don't, I don't get any better doing it. Amen? But, but my, my pastor back home, he, or back in San Angelo, that ain't back home, this is home. Back in San Angelo, he, he, he wanted to, he, it'd been since high school since he worked out. <laughs> so he showed up to the gym. And they, they appointed him a, a, a woman to show him around, you know, and she's going to work out with him and show him what to do. And he said, man, I could not let a girl outdo me. And so he said, she was pushing up heavy weight. He said, but I was not going to be outdone. So I'm pushing, pushing, pushing. And, uh, and so he worked out, I mean, his whole body from top to bottom, got home and uh, went to the restroom and there was blood. <laughs> or so he thought there was blood. And so it freaked him out, and he's just really in, in a lot of pain. So he goes to the doctor, you know, because it wouldn't go away. It just, and, and so they ran some tests on him. They said, that's not blood. That's muscle pigment. You broke down your muscles so bad and so hard that you cannot go work out in a gym for a year. It's going to take a year for your body to recover from what you did today. A year. Now Listen. Wouldn't that be nice if we could work out that one day and it lasts us a whole year? We, <laughs> I'd love to have that kind of workout. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's just not going to happen. The harvest, the increase is not going to come until you plant and you water. Until you plant, until you water. Listen, it, it, we apply that by our giving. We sow that seed. How do we water that seed? How do you water the seed that you, that you planted in the church? Somebody tell me this morning. How do you water it? 
Prayer and faith, that's exactly right. You continue to thank God for, for the seed that's in the ground, that it's growing, and you speak over that thing. You water it with the word of the living God, right? So, so it's one thing to sow, but listen, it's so important that we also water. And number five, I'll finish with this. You allow yourself to be a builder. The fifth characteristic of a builder is builders allow themselves to become prisoners of hope. I want you today to to imprison yourself in hope. And that is a positive expectation. That's what that word means, hope. A positive expectation. And don't let yourself ever get out of that prison. Throw the Take the key and throw it away and always stay in prison. Understand that there, it's not over just because somebody says it's over. It's not over. Are you hearing me? It doesn't have to be over if you don't want it to be over today. All right? Just hold on to hope. Understand that in Christ, anything is possible to those who believe. Anything is possible. Can you reach out by faith today and receive that today? Amen? I want to, uh, uh, to, to remind you today to continue to build and continue to build the right way. And the way you build right is on the foundation of this word right here. Understand what the will of the Lord is for your life and go for it with all your heart. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.